Welcome to episode 145 of the No Proscenium podcast, the voice of everything immersive. I'm Noah Nelson coming to you from No Pro headquarters in Los Angeles on a very pleasant April evening. Um, normally we do this early in the morning on Friday, so you get like first caffeine wave Noah. This is end of day Noah, very different. You can even hear different resonances. Um, this week on the show, we have John Braver of Delusion here with us to talk about the 360 VR cinematic experience they've put together. He's not here in Los Angeles right now. He's in New Orleans, Nolens, uh, for the Overlook Film Festival. But he was he was here at the kitchen table a couple of weeks ago talking about the work. John and I have known each other for a couple of years now. We there, we did a really short episode done outside of the last big delusion experience here in Los Angeles. You can roll back through the archives to find that. But this is the first time we've sat down for like a full length episode and we, we, we go all over the place uh, to, to no one's shock or surprise right now. Uh, I do want to draw your attention to the Senate Ring. I want to draw your attention to the Overlook Film Festival. Uh, we have our our dear friends are out there covering it for us. I wish I could be there. Uh, but instead, we have uh, Kara Mandel, who is uh, embedded deep into the Overlook game and is also interviewing the creators who are, are showing off their immersive wares out there. And Ricky Briganti of Inside the Magic, well, the former publisher of Inside the Magic, Ricky, Ricky is now, uh, he's full-time with Pseudonym Productions. He's on the creative side uh, at long last. Uh, Ricky's uh, doing some in-depth stuff for us as well, while he's also covering it, uh, on, on covering o- Overlook of Overlook for Inside the Magic. Um, I'm better at this in the morning than I am at night. This is true. Um, <laughs> makes me wonder if I should start recording the interviews in the morning, too. Uh, it, all, it all becomes so clear. In, in the cold light of evening. Um, but yeah, you should uh, you should keep on the social media and we're going to try and push as much through uh, over the weekend on the website. Wow, I guess I should be doing that. Um, this, uh, this, this is... Um, wow. Um, wow. It's a lot. Um, sorry. That is the worst Christopher Walken I have ever, I swear to God, I've got a better one in me. Just, just come at a different time. Um, it's Patreon. Let's just do the Patreon part. Um, you know, there's nothing like open up the Patreon to find out that like two people dropped out and you're like, oh, ugh. it's not a huge amount of money. Um, that's, that's, this is not the point. You know, some, someone, you know, they, they're like, they can't keep up with it anymore. Someone else is like, I'll, I'll be back. And that's good. Thumbs up. It's, it's all good. Uh, but it's, it's a downer. <laughs> We're actually a dollar down for the month of April right now. Um, given March was really great. You know, that's fine. That's fine. Um, yeah, let's, let's not get too depressed here. Uh, let's just note that if this show is valuable to you, and we hope it is. Patreon.com slash no proscenium is the way to prove it. Prove it to us that this show is super value to you, valuable to you. 
Um, we, we are far away from everyone who listens to the show on the regular, uh, being a backer. So, um, just put us out of our misery and please do that. Um, cause make your nose. I want this to be all we do because in a world where it's all we do, we can do so much more. That's sort of the whole point of whole thing in my life right now is I just want to be doing this full time. Um, not this podcast, obviously, because that'd be a nightmare for all of us. I'm talking about working on immersive stuff. So um, if you can, let's make that happen. You know who makes it happen week in, week out? Our sustaining backers. That'd be Bradley Smith, Jan Budman, Lonnie Hansen, Arthur Tubman, Ari Herstan, and of course, Ross Sigworth. Thank you all so much. And just so you know, um, uh, I'll put one final plug in here. Uh, I am available for consulting. Uh, I don't make a big deal of this all the time. I probably should. Uh, people pick my brain for free all the time. And some folks will get to continue to pick my brain for free till the end of time. But, um, if you're looking at making immersive stuff, um, if you want some insights into what's worked, what hasn't, the pitfalls, the pratfalls, um, sort of the, the secrets of the trade as I understand them, feel free to reach out to me, Noah at noprecinium.com. Um, flexible rates, no case too small, no project too big. Um, actually I should have said no case too small, no budget too big, um, if there's, if there's a sheen of desperation, uh, in my voice at all right now. Oh yeah. I just said that. Um, wow. This one's it's night. It's night. It's been a long week. Um, all right. Put that away. Everyone's going to be like, God, Noah, this week's is like, yeah, I know. Believe me. I know. Let's talk about something fun. Let's talk about delusion. Um, what can I tell you about Delusion? Uh, His Crimson Queen was the first that I've seen, still the only that I've seen. Uh, in I think I mentioned this a little bit in the cast, so I don't want to I don't want to double up too much here. But prior to that, there were two things. One, No Pro was very very small, and I did not feel like trying to pull a oh, I need a press pass uh, card because delusion sells out almost instantly. So the first year it was possible for me to see it, um, that I knew about it, didn't get to see it. Then there was a buy year. And then the next time out, I was ready. And I am so very glad I went. Um, In so many levels, going to delusion, that that was 2016. Delusion in 2016, before the dark times, Um, (laughs) October of 2016, it it has changed so many things about my life. Um, I've made friends because of it. I've uh, I've I've had this whole kind of world of the horror side reopened to me, and and more importantly, I gotten I got back in touch with my very gothy vampire self. I don't talk about that all that often, but um, for for a long period of time there, vampires were very, 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 very important. And his Crimson Queen was a vampire story, specifically a kind of hammer horror style vampire story. Oh, 
right in the feels. Um, exactly what I needed that season. Exactly what I still need. And hopefully one day, uh, Delusion will be in many, many cities and running on many, many cycles. And I will get to revisit that world. What's exciting right now for all of you, particularly if you've not been in Los Angeles, is that Skybound has hooked up with John Braver. They're they're building out delusion. If you don't know Skybound, that's the Walking Dead people. Uh, people, uh, they have been working now for like a year on this VR adaption uh, kind of update version. John gets into it of lies within, which is one of the the previous versions of the delusion show. And versions is the wrong word. It's one of the previous editions of delusion. And what's exciting here is that people who've never gotten to go to delusion, the show are going to get a taste of the kind of storytelling that John Braver does. And then some with this VR project. So John and I are about to get into it. Um, there's, there's more, you know, we're both dockers. So here we go. I hope you enjoy this as much as I enjoyed recording it. And I swear, 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 I'm going to be more upbeat on the other side. I promise you. Here we go. John and I are talking. Right. Uh, hey, how you doing? Sometimes you do the Nerdist open, you know, the like, oh, we just start running and like, this was interesting, so we'll keep going. <laughs> so we'll get to we'll get to what exactly uh, you've, you've made for VR for mm-hmm. 360 with Delusion, but you were just saying like you guys are looking into like the arcade stuff? Yeah, just because it's expensive to get this VR equipment, so you have to find, you find ways to get people to just go and do it and not have to buy the equipment, you know? Like you go to a movie theater and, and then you leave. So yeah. it's the same kind of thing with this. They're popping up more internationally than they are here in the U.S. U.S. sales are headsets are not are crawling you yeah. know, right now, but um, <clears throat> which is not surprising. But it's it's big in you know Japan, China, North in North Korea. <laughs> could be, and, yeah. Actually, Kim Jong Un just tried it the other day, so like probably, it could be the next big thing. You know, we can see a picture of him that, doing that. That would actually be kind of amazing if like North Korea leapfrogged the United States as a market for people. Yeah, and, and that's you know what that's it's therapeutic too. Put the guys, put these madmen in that situation and have them actually blow up Washington and have them actually like do these things that they dream about doing. Just get it. Get it's a cathartic situation. Just. Let them do it. And, get it over with. Get it out of your system. And then never unplug them like the Matrix. Just like let them do that. build a perfect, right. build a photorealistic version of, you know, certain government-owned offices. And, yeah. you know, let the politicians wake up one day and, like, they don't need to know they have a headset on. Right. <laughs> they just spend their time in their magical, magical land where they're king of the world. Yes. Um, ignorance is bliss. Oh, seriously, yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Um... <laughs> Know, we've been we've been talking on and off about about the relationship of of games and technology and immersive for a long time. You and I, like mm-hmm. the couple of you know, the conversation swings back around a lot. But you've you've done something you've done something that a lot of people have talked about doing, which is you've adapted material from an immersive show, a live show. You guys lies within, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And you've taken it into 360 VR. So um, you're, this is going to go out when you're at Overlook showing it. 
Mm-hmm. So this will like kind of debuted. So what what are the people at Overlook experiencing right now? And yeah, we'll start with them. Yeah, it, this is basically it's a movie. It is we've broken it up into two seasons. Mm. Season one is four episodes, and then season two will be about six. And uh, so it's about thirty six minutes in length. It's every time I talk about it, I think it's a yes. Think about it as a film because. Um, you are a ghost inside of this story. So you are following along this story um, inside the rooms with the characters, cameras moving through the rooms. Um, you're not interacting with anything. It's, it's a passive experience. Um, but you've, I've seen so much VR now, and um, this really is the closest thing to stepping through the screen and being inside of the movie I've ever seen. And um, so that's what they'll be seeing, they're seeing at Overlook is basically sitting down to watch a 36-minute movie, part one of the movie, um, or season one, if you will. So it's, we, it's funny because originally we shot it. It's kind of a cool story. Like we shot it with the idea of having it be a choose-your-own-adventure kind of thing where you would get to a certain story point and then it would kind of freeze or loop for 10, you know, it would just loop. And then you'd end up, with gaze activation, which is sort of like looking in a certain direction for a certain amount of time, you'll choose that direction. Mm. So <clears throat> we shot it with that in mind. There were two interactive sequences, um, not interactive, but just choice moment sequences. And we found out as we're developing this project and going through post-production, which is we're, on, we're, we're about in a year, a year into post-production wow. and we'll be done hopefully in about two or three weeks. Well, we have to be done before overlap. <laughs> um, when we're recording this versus when, you know, it's out. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, then uh, we, we've learned so much and technology has shifted so much and the market has shifted so much and the big players in VR have, because it's such a new medium, have still, their thought process has changed so much that they've, companies like Google or um, Oculus, they ask for just video now. They didn't want it to be interactive. They were saying, let's get rid of the choice moments for mm. this. Let's just have it be a straight up passive watch a movie situation. And um, at the end of the day, because that's more of my interest anyway, is sort of film directing and storytelling through that medium. I, I just was like, okay, fine. Let's, let's strip that out because there's only two moments anyway. Um, and just treat it like a film where now you're not choosing one direction. It's now more like we're cutting between the scenes. So you're seeing both things happening. Mm. You know what I mean? So um, so our thinking throughout the post-production process has shifted, has changed constantly with, with the market. So everything's kind of trying to, we're trying to move in, in tandem with the big players and their thought process, but it's tough sometimes too. Yeah. Um, well, and there's a real, I mean, this is the old flying the plane while you're building it, right? Yeah. Scenario. Yeah, it's exactly it's, it. It's rough. And... I mean, it's a new medium, right? Like everyone, everyone yeah. expected. No, it came out in the '90s, man. Well, yeah, the early '90s. Well, that was the name of my band. You know that when I played well, in my band in high school, the early '90s, man. Yeah, no. virtual reality. That virtual was, reality that was the name of our band, and then yeah. we thought it would be cool to bring them together and call ourselves Virtuality. Virtuality. Oh man, wasn't Virtuality we the name of laid. like the VR arcades at the time? I think the Virtuality was the name of the the system they tried to like put in bowling alleys. Really? Oh my God, probably. Did you ever play Dactyl Nightmare? No. Okay, so like that was what you could get in the. I've told the story, on the, I think, on the show before, but there was specifically I went to the bowling alley at UC Berkeley, 
which yeah. had a bowling alley and an arcade. And the arcade always had, and it was UC Berkeley, so for some reason they always had like the cutting edge anything. So there was like a yeah. Sega hologram game that was absolutely terrible. Uh, it was the <laughs> first was one. Hologram. Have, yeah, it was like, cowboys. I don't know. It was a cowboy. It was like it was like abstract shapes and cowboys. It was very weird. Look it up. Cowboys um, like no way. You're my only hope. No, and so. and it looked kind of like um, you, you when you talk about Wally earlier, like the 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 maybe this was even the inspiration for it. I remember. The unit was kind of short and squat and looked a bit like Eva from Wally. Oh, yeah. Like it was a, a little dome. Very strange. I'll try to look this up. There's all these things I want to show you on the internet. I was like, let's stop the show. I want to show John videos from YouTube. Let's just pause. Yeah. <laughs> and we're back. Hey. No, no and John watch YouTube. Right. <laughs> like for technology of the nineties. That'd actually be kind of that could be a good show. Yeah. Um you can do a video podcast. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Oh, I can do that. I can do that. Right. Um the uh um, well, my clothes are off, so we should probably <laughs> So let's just put that out there. I can't go through one interview without having some kind of like reference to nudity. (laughs) What the hell? You're the one who does it. So, um, okay. I maintain professional business here. Moving on. Um, Do you have an HR department? Do I have an HR department? I am the HR department, apparently. Okay. Uh, That's another story. Um, (laughs) Life choices I never wanted to make. Um, uh, The helmet. Yeah, for the virtuality, dactyl nightmare was a thing. So, like, yeah. you you put on this helmet that must have weighed 12 pounds. Mm, and that's a good start. it had, like, two CRTs in it, right? Yeah. So you had two, like, fist-sized CRTs, I think, were, like, stapled to your face, essentially. And you... I'm exaggerating slightly. And it was fully poly, polygonal. So, mm-hmm. like, it looked like... It looked like there was this uh, full polygon game, like racing game that Atari had at the time, whose name I can't remember, but it reminded me a lot of that. Mm. And it was early in the days of polygons, so like yeah. everything was like super blocky. And you had this pop gun, and there were pterodactyls flying around, and you could you were in this little ring, and you could like one controller let you move where you were going, and you could like turn yourself around inside this ring circle, mm. and it was tracking your hands. And then you could like shoot the pop gun at the pterodactyls. That was the full game. That was it. That was the yeah. And the pterodactyls ah. were made of like seven or eight yeah, polygons, <laughs> right? You know, it was like just like it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. And, oh, that sounds good. Yeah, and this was like oh, this is the future. So so yeah. No, we did have virtual reality in the nineties, but oh my god, it sucked. Yeah, I know. It's it's funny because not. I mean, a lot has changed yet not where. As I said earlier, technology is is getting in the way of VR. Yeah, and that's you know, I mean, technology is moving fast and all that with new headsets, but it's it's still yeah, it's still such a new thing. And will it succeed? I don't really know. Um, well, the, what you what you just made like because they want video and they, they don't care about interactivity as much anymore. Is that in part because they're pushing towards things like the Google Daydream and the, the standalone Oculus, which are they're, those are targeted to come up for like I think the standalones maybe like. A, 199 bucks yeah like, like they're they're really well, interested in content that's well they're interested that? in uh the interactivity they are interested in interactivity but um i think more like cg derived interactivity mm. where it's you know not so much live action not since we have live we we use you know pro actors stunt people creature effects like it's all live action with some vfx overlays for some you know accentuation of like a fire creature with fire coming off or embers flying off stuff like that but um that's what they they wanted because this, there's there's a couple of different ways to look at VR now like there's the interactive VR and then there's also like cinematic VR so cinematic mm-hmm. VR is something that um, that, that is desired 
in I think more internationally now than here. But if people start to really see like what we did with this, I truly believe it's kind of a game changer in terms of cinematic VR. It's really like the camera we shot it with, um, the look of it, it's, it's all has that epic um, film kind of quality to it. So again, I've seen a lot of VR and I haven't seen anything like this. And I'm not just saying that as biased, but um, <clears throat> yeah, so there's a big push for cinematic VR. Uh, but will it take off? I don't know because this is the tough thing that I continually grapple with this idea because on one hand, I I was a v- I told one of my producers this before. I said, I'm a VR skeptic. I don't, I came into it like not really liking VR very much. Um, I didn't really believe in it. I didn't believe that any sort of like single, so, so, like, like a, What's it called? Any experience that was sort of self-contained, just, just you, an alone sort of experience, is not going to reach a mass market because mm. you know you can't you can't flood the seats with a bunch of people to watch a movie. You have to just do one headset at a time. Um, so I didn't think the viability of VR was really gonna, it was going to take off. But but after doing this project, I think I was a, like a perfect director for it because I was like. I was a skeptic, but I wanted to prove to myself that I would like this mm. if I was to watch it on my own. So the whole process, as we're going through it, I started to develop a love for it more and more and more. Love for this specific type of VR. Again, cinematic VR. Um, so I've gotten to a point where I love being in VR in in this movie that we created. Um, but, I, but at the same time, I still think it's it's... It's a solitary experience, and I just don't know how well it's gonna, how well VR is gonna do in general. But I hope that it, I hope that this helps. I think, and we've done a lot of research, and I think that um, this may help if we can get it to as many people as possible. This may help bring VR up to a different level instead of it just being some passive, it's a passive experience, but some sort of, you know, something that exists in a mall. You pass by right. in the mall at West Hills Mall or something like that, and it's just. Uh, you know, people can stop and jump into this little silly thing like the pterodactyl thing mm-hmm. and just start using, you know, playing VR. So we'll see. We're trying to hook up with um, higher end VR arcades. And again, I hate using the word arcade. Just don't think of it as, you know, the kind of arcade that you're thinking of right now. But um, like more, there's other companies we're talking to that just have VR cafes in Japan or VR cafes in South Korea. Um, where people will again think of it as going to a movie and watching it. Yeah. So that's that's what we're hoping to connect with. For some people might be familiar with with the story of this particular piece, or mm-hmm. or, or, or or think they'd be familiar with it. But this is an adaptation of Lies Within, which was one of the the earlier right. delusion pieces. So so what's the story here? And for and are there going to be sort of surprises for people who saw the original live show? Yeah. Oh no, for sure. So the the story, I love the story. It's um, it's a takes place in 1947, South Carolina, where this uh, this famous fantasy horror novelist named Elena Fitzgerald. She wrote a book series called The Stygian Ascent, and it was supposed to be a five book series. She wrote four of them, and the fifth one um, was uh, outstanding, and all of her fans were going crazy. What happened to her? What happened to the book? No one's heard from her in years. So two rabid fans take it upon themselves to track down her manor and help her finish what she started. And so it opens with a lot of it. This, I was able to do things I wasn't able to do, obviously, with a live show. But um, it, it really follows these two characters, Daniel and Virginia, as they 
as they're searching out the manor through the forest. It opens in the forest in, in, um, in South Carolina. And as it's approaching night, they, you know, come upon the manor. Once inside, they sort of find out from another rabid fan that is hidden in the walls that um, Elena is possibly there and that her characters have come to life in, in, in trying to, in protecting her and keeping her hidden, trying to get, trying to finish her series the way that they want, they want to instead of her. So she's sort of, her mind is being taken over and she's sort of acting as a conduit from her creatures through her to pen and paper, to a keyboard and keyboard, <laughs> to a typewriter and paper. <laughs> um, and so we're sort of learning, it's a mystery. This one really Sounds is. Sounds autobiographical. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's, it's super cool because it's the way that I, I always talk to like PR about this and, and at Skybound we talk about you know, how do we kind of promote this thing. And it's really, I don't, I never say horror right away. It's not, this is a mystery, mm. adventure, horror as well. So I always try to add a few more words before horror because I don't want people to think it's like you're in this VR space and things are going to be coming flying at you all the time and jumping out at you. It's not that kind of experience, nor has any delusion really ever been. Yeah. It's more, it's been more about a, Dark fantasy, you know, dark, yeah, dark fantasy with some some right. terror themes in it. But yeah, yeah, that that yeah. that's the feel of this. And, and a lot of I think a lot of your listeners also like, you know, we all love the same thing, like the fantasy horror novels. Mm-hmm. I, don't if, I don't know if you ever read ever read any Margaret Wise, Tracy Hickman, like Dragonlance Chronicles. Dra- like this is all kind of in that vein. Didn't I, um, I ca- didn't I catch you reading that like rereading that at a cafe? Oh, the once? cafe. Yeah, was it one probably. of those? I think it was one of those. It yeah. probably was. Yeah. Yeah. I started to pick that up again recently. Um, but it, it is, it's a, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's, as you said, it's, that's a good way to describe it. A dark fantasy horror, uh, dark fantasy adventure. Um, and it's, it just builds and builds. Season two, we can't wait to shoot it because it gets uh, even more exciting. But the play was wonderful and it was really well received and I was really happy with it. Um, with this, you're going through the play again, but there are a lot of new things and a lot of new sites that you'll see. And you're alone with the characters. So uh, you will feel like a ghost in this manner um, watching the story unfold. And it's, it's like nothing else I've ever seen in my life. It's pretty unreal. Especially like this morning, I got some VFX. I'll give you an example. There's, uh, there's a scene where this marionette creature tries to capture one of our characters. And so, you know, he's supposed to have magical strings you know, they kind of come out of his finger. And in the live play, I wasn't able to really do any of that kind of stuff. He just sort of had to mimic. Mm. And, pe- and you know, the actors would have to respond to his fingers. But now we can actually, you know, you see things coming out of his fingers. So we can actually have, you know, we had proper VFX budget. Not to the point of, you know, this is just supplemental stuff. I'm a big practical effect guy. But this stuff that we did is going to add so much to the whole the whole feel of it. It's And to the story itself. So Because every, every, in this story, every character has their own room. Where there's every character is like a self-contained story mm. within each room, and they can't pass the barrier, their barrier into other rooms, but the barriers are being fractured over time as Elena is slowly finishing her novel the way her creatures want to. So there's a big, I don't want to spoil the ending, but it's um, you get to see these barriers in different ways through VFX and through some of the practical effects we've done. So there's a lot of cool visual things we can do. What's the jump from the live immersive play to VR been like? What were things that you 
expected to be able to take over that you weren't able to technique wise what are things that translated really well almost surprisingly so well i guess uh, I can, the first thing that came to mind when you asked that is um this was a lot less stressful for hmm. me to do it as a vr project um i was so relaxed during the entire process and I think that had to do with the fact that I wasn't personally financing it. <laughs> so I was into it like, oh man, wow. No Imagine no permit s- calls from the city, no yeah. no no worries about valet parking. Exactly. Uh, you know That's no it. homeowners to, to worry about. Yeah. I mean it's, it's we we think we shot a film. Like that's what it was. So we didn't have to you know, we get film permits, we Yeah. I know this isn't exciting stuff to talk about, but it was that was sort of the first thing that came to mind when you said that was it was just a lot more relaxing. Yeah. Okay. Now getting that, moving that to the side, um, creatively it was it was more uh, liberating because we had a much bigger budget that we can I can realize a lot of the things I wasn't able to mm. uh, in the in the live show. Uh, the things that sort of came from the live show that translated well was the actual I mean to be honest the the format of of interactive theater and the, this play lend itself so perfectly to the VR experience in that I can when when I have a live when I have a live group there I always think about every every guest and how they're looking at a scene what's their sort of camera angle what are they what are they mm-hmm. looking at and now I can sort of, even though in VR you can look anywhere you want, I can block the action in such a way that most people will follow it, right? Most right. people will follow where these characters go. They start in front of you and they start to walk around you. You're most likely going to turn and look at them. You might take a moment and look behind you in the dark and hear something through the sound design that's kind of creepy, but I can at least um, help further direct. If I can't shoot the feature, which was my, what I really wanted to do, mm-hmm. and this is the one step below it, is... Like I can, I can do it in such. I can block it in a way that I believe most people will be able to see it. So it's, it's, it's three sixty theater. That's that's what this is. It's 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 kind of exactly what we did, except you don't have ten people around you. It's just you, and you feel more, you feel more solitary, more not in a negative way. You feel more intimate and connected to the characters because it's just it's just you and them. Well, now I didn't get to see the, the the production of Lies Within, but I know that, if memory serves, the the cast the cast the the audience is endowed with being the fans, mm-hmm. and and so here it seems like you got these two characters who are sort of the audience stand-ins, and yeah. you're and you're the ghost. Is did you find yourself missing the ability to to have the audience be the? Because like, what's interesting about Delusion, right, is that. It it feels like those King's Quest games in that there's there's sort of a there's a thing in every room there's there's a there's a solution if you will in every room and it's really just about as 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 a participant you're like oh I know that you know I look for the one thing and we're gonna move this past if there is a challenge or mm-hmm. there's there's something that we're gonna you know that we we get through collectively and it, it's, yeah. it's not it's not like super challenging but there's still that little right. bit of you know tactile interaction and then you don't have the tactile interaction here 
um, and you don't have the the group dynamic where you're not you're not marshalling people's attention with each other. Right. So, did you find yourself missing some of that, or or did that let you play more into the dynamics of the of the characters of the story? I was able to focus more on the story I've always wanted to tell. Again, I, 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 I one day we might shoot the feature of it, and I'll be able to really tell that story the way I'd like to. I mean, every delusion that I've done, I. I put so much effort into the story, but it kind of gets lost sometimes with people because there's so much going on, as you said, like every sort of setting and has has some sort of purpose behind it, a tactile purpose of like, you have to do something. But I was able to focus more on the story. And I guess, I don't know if it's a concern of mine, but I think if people, if people are looking that the, if people are thinking that this VR experience is going to mimic the delusion experience. Uh, it's it's not in terms of first person, mm. you know. Um, you're not yeah, you're not being asked to do things. You're not talking to characters. Um, you are. What we're trying to achieve here is this is a we're, we're showing you a delusion movie now, mm. and that's how we're going to kind of promote this. Uh, we don't have also there's no there is no technology right now where I can have somebody be completely like matching exactly what we did in the live show. Whereas, you know, you are a character inside of it and this, the the actors are talking to you and you have to grab this um, candle over here and walk through this. That's not the only, the only thing that's close to that is, you know, the void down, you know, the star Wars experience, but even that there's a lot of limitations there too. So um, what I want to do, this sort of the overall delusion uh, goal and is develop a universe where you have the live show which strips all technology away from you you are it is the most it is the most intimate um, the most humanly connected story in terms of you know your the, the you know you can be touched you can feel the touch in your arm you can you know and I want I want people to strip take their cell phones away everything just to you to be present in this adventure that's one aspect of delusion. There's another aspect, which are you know comic books. We're gonna do comic books. You read that. It's another aspect. VR. You're gonna watch a VR movie, which we just which we're finishing. Um, television, film. So they're all gonna delusion stories will exist in different mediums, and such exist in different perspectives and and in, uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Like different sort of um, yeah. I mean you're you're. Again, the live show, you're touching things. The, the movie, you're watching things. So it's going to exist in different ways. But yeah. the stories are, are what's most important for us to get across. Sometimes you'll get to live the story. Sometimes you'll observe the story. Sometimes you'll read the story. Right. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, we've all read. I mean, think about all the books you've read. Like, have you ever been more absorbed and immersed in a, in a story? And like, we're just reading a book. Like, it's still, it's, the books to me are still the most the most inspirational, the most immersive, the most amazing experiences in my mind, just reading a great book. Nothing is sort of compared to that for me personally. Um, well, you, you've, got, you've got full control over the cast and the FX budget, you know, like what, what, what goes on in the head. I mean, or, or like with like, uh, you know, comic books, like, you know, when I see, sometimes I'll see like an adaptation of a comic book and I'll just be like, oh, that is not how that character sounds in my head. Right. You know, um, th- th- so many so many tools get brought to the table when you've just got the bare page. Like yeah. we're each acting it out for ourselves. Um, yeah, the more we're sort of losing our 
imagination. We're having to figure out ways to fill it with something, with an experience that we are creating. For that's why I'm going back to the book. You know, the book. If you if you continue to you know retain a, an imagination and um, then you can create these worlds in your head. But, you know, delusion is basically the live show for me. Is even the VR thing is like I've, I've written a book and you're inside of my book, mm -hmm. and that's awesome because you haven't read the book yet. Like you haven't read even even if you've done the live show, it's not like you've. This is this is different. This is going to feel. This is going to be exciting for people who saw that show. But my point is, um, what is my point? <laughs> no. Well, I mean, like you're. you're I think I made the point. Yeah. Yeah. Not even yeah. The, like this is about. I mean, this is this is an adaptation, right? I mean, it's an adaptation. Yes. Yeah. This, this is an adaptation of the material, and I mean, you. I know this. I know this for certain about it. You've got like a lot of stories in your head, and they come out and they get to come out in different ways. And I think it's interesting that you're you're interested in how many ways can you tell a story, right? Like yeah. How many? How many? Like a, a particular story. And, you know, what's, you'll often see people, you know, they'll license their stuff off, right? You know, like a, a writer, you know, you know J.K. Rowling, like, licensed her stuff off and, like, Warner Brothers gone to me. I mean, she's writing the new ones directly, but she's not making books out of them first. And also they kind of are kind of funky for that purpose, mm -hmm. aside from some of the casting issues. Um, <laughs> and, but... But this would be as if, you know, Rowling was like, no, she's also writing and directing the movie and there's some there's another version of it and like mm. here's here's this complete tour of this of this story world, you know, directly from what's in the, the head of the person. And I can yeah. see like each one emphasizing different aspects. Right? Mm. Like because there's there's nuances. Like one of the things that's interesting about Alive immersive is the level of detail in the physical space and just the nuances of interaction between the actors and the audience. And something that you do really well is give space for that, right? And you give, and because of the way delusion structured, you have like multiple actors playing a part, and so mm -hmm. that sort of feel of you know it, it 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 feels a little bit different with each actor you go through so it's not just yeah. like here's this definitive version but that's that's like if you have a story you really love you might go back and reread it i yeah. don't do that with a lot of novels but i do with tons of comics like there's a few comics mm -hmm. i read every year and i'm always picking up on new things and it's like right. I'm, I'm dealing with a new part of like something's changed in me, and so a different part of the story is resonating, which means I'm resonating with a different part of this writer's brain, or in case of comics, like maybe a different part of the artist's brain is is finally like resonating with me. Yeah, you know? and that's that's interesting because every every time we do a live show, every time somebody goes through, I'm I'm begging that they buy another ticket and they want to come through again because I know that every time you, everybody's gone through twice. They always say, God, I got a lot more out of the story. You know, I got a lot more because the first time is just there's so much shit going on constantly. Yeah. Um, that it's, it, you got to go through twice. And I'm always like, please, you know, come back. But, you know, thankfully tickets are sold out, but they're not going to want to spend the, you know, the money to, and they might not spend the money to come back. But that's what's great about, yeah, the book, the comic book, the, the VR series. You can go back and watch it, you know, a hundred times if you want. You just pick up new things all the time, especially yeah. in the VR world, you know. And it rewards, mean, it rewards that density, right? Oh, yeah. man, you, you got to... 
I can't. I, I I'm just crazy giddy excited about people seeing this because there's there's so much cool shit in there and so much great detail, so much love in the story that, like, just watch it over and over again. You just pick up some amazing stuff. But um, it's funny. I want to go back to like what you were saying about. I just talk about the live show for a bit. Like the differences between the um, the live show and the, and the VR experience. That the hardest one of the hardest parts for me about the live show is that if you're trying you're trying to tell a story and you're having dialogue and it's a one-sided dialogue, right? So unless you have a scene where you you know you're watching two characters and you know, playing it playing it out. But if a main character is talking to you and saying something really, you know, eloquent and you know important and emotional and then you have somebody on the other side going like, "Oh my god, I'm tired. Let's can we get a drink after this?" Like just being a jackass. Like you're like, "Oh god, it just deflates you." And so that's why, you know, that's why if I do anything right, it's hiring the right actors, right? It's getting people who know how to just sort of look beyond that and just continue, you know, continue, you know, to telling the story in, in the proper way and um, playing to the people who are actually interested. Uh, but with the VR thing, it, as I said, it's a movie. So I have, you know, you have these two characters, Daniel and Virginia, said that they're, you know, you're, you're watching them. You're, I can actually have dialogue, written dialogue that I've always wanted to see in one of my plays play out in front of you now. Mm. And not have to rely on the audience to kind of respond. But there's something beautifully wonderful about that too. It just because I really love these stories, I want the story to come through, and I want people to like pay attention. So <laughs> I have a lot of expectations for for, for the audience, man. <laughs> and I, I really do. And, and when people come through, we have some really awesome super fans. And when they come through, and they get everything. Holy shit! I just want to marry all of them. I'm just like so. I'm. Just, it just. It's such a crazy high. I'll still remember like the first time I went through Delusion and like it was, uh, it was, uh, her Crimson King. Was that his Crimson King? Yeah. Yeah. Is that what his Crimson Queen? Queen. His Crimson Sorry, Queen. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. I said Queen because I mean Queen. Uh, yeah. Yeah. His Crimson. His Crimson Queen. Not her Crimson King. I don't know why I was yeah. flipping them. Um, 2016, yeah. And but that was your first show that you. That was my first show. Oh, yes. I thought you. I, yeah, yeah that's no, right, because you didn't go to. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't manage. Like, well, when we like the the year the one before that, it was so early on in No Pro that I like I felt I felt bad for trying to like get like uh, a press comp. Uh, I was like, well, ah, and and it sold out so quickly. So I was like, well, they don't even need me, you know. And then no, then the next time around, I was like, oh, you know, we're, we're doing better. I'll ask for the comp yeah. this time. Uh, like knowing that I wanted to get you on the show and everything, and like you know track this yeah. stuff and and yeah, actually you were one that I was like, dude, you gotta I yeah, you, you shoved me, you shoved me twice. back there again, yeah, yeah. Like, you gotta go because yeah, yeah. Well, and then like it was funny because like I remember that first time and like getting down into the crypt where Celine was like at rest and being the last person in the room and seeing this like group and it was it was PI night, so it was like press and industry people and this group of like it was a big group, it was like twelve, it was like the, the, the absolute limit of people you could have in a run and and I looked around and everyone was like standing like five feet away from the coffin and I was like someone open this like do you guys mm-hmm. and, I, and I had done everything at that point like not everything <laughs> but almost everything That's I kept so on just being like oh no this is this is someone else's turn I don't want which was frustrating because all I wanted all I wanted was to like be like I was like the the, the hero in the adventure like mm-hmm. I did want to do everything so I was like holding back because like <laughs> I didn't want to like like hog all the fun but it was so funny. People were just timid and didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And knowing that what you've built rewards people for like jumping up and just saying yes. Yeah, raise your hand. Yeah, That's raise right. your hand. Say yes. You know, go on that part of the ride. And oh, you get so much more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's what I'm, I'm writing these stories for. Those people that 
Yeah, you went through. Yeah, you went through the beginning where when we kind of you know early stages, which was there's a tough tough nights, tough couple of weeks. But I love. But I love. But you came through again. Yeah, towards the end. I think yeah. During during. You probably noticed like, a few differences here. I'm sure. Yeah. But yeah, I I would love if people were able to. Uh, people people should. That's that's who I'm playing to. Is the, yeah, as you said, the people are raising their hands, and and the live show definitely has. Um, you do get rewarded. And you and get a lot like you more do, out of it. And I feel like you do a really good job of like managing like the mid-sized group, right? Which is like something that I, I think a lot of creators struggle with, because super small group is easy enough because you're able to like you know lavish people with attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a very very large group, it's often tends to be about spectacle, right? You know, it's mm-hmm. like like something like more. It's like okay, you're gonna have 30, 40 people watching a scene, so let's. You know, we're, we're doing spectacle right now. Mm-hmm. That mid-sized group of like 10 people, you know, it's like, it's just enough. It's it's the class field trip level of, of human beings. <laughs> it's just enough for something to go yeah. desperately wrong. <laughs> and and yet what you, what you structure in those live shows, there's always, like you're saying, like, you know, you're thinking about where everyone's looking. You're thinking about yeah. like everyone's angle on it. So each room feels like it's, it's really tuned for for that many folks. Yeah, I, well, even you know, I mean, the whole team knows that I attend. Tend to me is too much, and so uh, it, it it depends on a couple of things. Well, I'm obviously being the the the, physic, the physical space. Yeah, like how how's it going to work in this new venue that we're working on? Um, you know, I, I need to strip it down more, and I it 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 all it just happens to be that I, I need to make groups smaller but I also I've always wanted to and this was the delu- mm. starting now delusion is going to be you know eight people max mm. um, when I say max max did you earlier you said like there was a group of 12 that came through was like the, <laughs> no our, our max was 10 at that point if, if two more people came through then someone's getting fired <laughs> <laughs> it was P&I night I think someone did a miscount so <laughs> Hey Jackie, are you listening? To no, this? it wasn't Jackie's <laughs> fault. It wasn't <laughs> I'm Jackie's just kidding. fault. I love her to death. It's, really it's her birthday this week. You can't. Oh, that's recording. right. Oh, Maybe even God. today. I saw today. Her. Her. Yeah, her. she's like giving her money to charity on Facebook or something. Oh like my that. God, we love you, Jackie. Apparently, apparently Mark Zuckerberg takes a cut of all that. So like, watch out, everybody. No, I'm kidding. Oh, kidding. I don't know. Probably does. Probably does. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, we're doing like eight people now. It's like that's. I still feel. I want it to be like four, but you know, we're gonna obviously gonna have to have a, t- a ticket jump, ticket price jump. Yeah. Um, a significant one, I must say, but it's, it'll be worth it. Uh, we could talk about that in a minute if, we, if you want to talk oh, about yeah. the live show later. But I uh, think people, I think people will be. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say too much about yeah. it because that, because we're still working on leasing issues, so I won't be yeah. speaking too much about it because let's uh, just it's, it this is this table is ass. wood. This table is wood, yes, so okay, let's knock on it. You know, we if you're in yeah. Los Angeles and you're a fan of this stuff, I think you're you're hopefully aware of just how. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the the, the audience right now. Yeah. Like I think you're aware of how difficult it has been, like for the past year and a half, for, oh, for stuff, you know, getting I off. Know. And and we're, I mean, I was thinking like it's April right now, like when we're recording this and when it's going to go out. And I had this flash the other day because like we have been talking to the city since for about five months now, yeah. and trying to like get our way through. But of course, you know, we're. And like Tommy Haunton has been doing like a lot of the, the frontline work for us because he has he has the bandwidth to do it, um, and I'm also aware. Like the other day, I was like, "Oh crap, it's April." It's like it's like we're we are five months away from the start of spooky season, mm-hmm. and are we going to have remotely the chance of of having something you know halfway towards what we had in 2016? Because 2016 was such an incredible year for the community mm-hmm. because you know Delusion was running 
Creep was in its second year, tension had popped up. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. it just felt like the roof got torn off and we were we were raring to go. And then two months later, a ghost ship happened in Oakland and yeah. just the Porcullis slammed down. Yeah. And we haven't recovered yet. And I'm I'm now actively worried that just because we don't have the resources to go like full time on on fighting this stuff. But the the good news is like we we've gotten some really awesome allies in just in the past few weeks. Mm-hmm. So there's a chance that something gets to leapfrog real soon. Well that's gonna continue to grow. Those allies are gonna continue to grow. And like yeah. we've talked to city officials as well too about, you know, what we're trying to do and it's it, there's there's a shift going. I mean what you what you're doing what you guys are doing with Leia is um incredibly important and wonderful. So I think it's <clears throat> I don't know if it's gonna time with haunt season this year, but I mean yeah. it'll eventually it can only help, and, and, yeah. and it will. Yeah. But, you know, everybody still has to deal with... You know, if, it, if we're talking about site-specific theater, it's like what we've done with Delusion, and we can't do these houses anymore, and people have gotten used to these houses. We can't... I, I'm sorry to say those days are over. Yeah. Like, I can't do those. Um, we just... The spotlight's been shined too, too brightly, and it's... Um, you know, you, it doesn't matter how much we do with the city... It'll always come down to neighbors. So if it's like a residential property, if a neighbor, one neighbor can complain to the city council or LADBS, and just, and you're done. Yeah. And it's not worth the investment. And I've had, you know, I don't want to say negative, but like I just had, I've had thoughts over time of like, God, it's this whole fucking business model. I've said this every year. This business model delusion is so fucking stupid. It's, it, it's just dumb. Like to, it just, sh- it, it proves itself. You ever talk about like a passion project? This is like it proves this is a passion project because I continually do the same. Th- kept doing the same thing for years hence you know the definition of insanity but i kept doing this um because i love it and hoping to get away with it every week we would hope to get away with it it's just i'm not maybe it's um age or cynicism but i'm like i'm not i don't think it is really it's a stress like i'm not interested in doing that again yeah it's taken a physical health toll on me like and i'm not i'm not willing to do that anymore so i need to i need that's why remember earlier we were talking about how was the vr experience like yeah and my first comment was it was a lot less stressful yeah if we don't have to worry about this stuff which is what you are working on and with leia if we don't have to worry about the permitting and all that kind of stuff then i've removed literally like i don't know 70 percent of my stress like 75 percent a major portion of it and i could focus on what you know what we're trying to achieve without yeah. having to worry about you know, getting shut down. Well, I mean, I think the good news in the big picture is like I keep having conversations with folks from other parts of the industry, and I don't mean immersive industry, but like the industry as a whole. And and people know people are. I mean, we, we see it with you know the Russos jumping in on tension, and we see it with you know the fact you ha- you do have a relationship with Skybound, which you know for those who aren't savvy about what Skybound is, I'm sure everyone listening to the show does know, but just on the off chance one person is like, I don't know what Skybound. Like those are the people who own The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's Robert Kirkman's you know company, and and, and Image Comics is uh, under that. Like the Image Comics is Skybound Entertainment, so they, yeah, all, yeah, everything that comes out. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, is, does Skybound own Image now, or? Um, y- y- uh, owner. I don't know how the ownership, but they yeah. are they're tied together. Yeah. yeah Kirkman yeah. owns, you know. Yeah. No, Skybound it, and Image Comics. Yeah. Image. Yeah. I know. I know that Image is always was always like some sort of they had the fascinating partnership structure right from the start because yeah. it was all the old Marvel guys during the nineties. Yeah. Um, back when you had a, a band called Virtual Reality. Yeah. Virtuality. Virtuality. Yeah. You could you get the band in VR. Um, but oh, yeah. you know, there's there's oh, it's not bad, yeah. um, there's 
I mean, you know, there's that kind heaven project that's going to like have a hundred million dollars dropped in Vegas, and mm. and there's definitely a lot of, and there's there's things like Meow Wolf, which are mm-hmm. adjacent and related, and oh, yeah. and there's this motion to get it all to get it all going. Um, you know, not everything's going to. I mean, my hope is that we don't lose the scrappy pop up intimate, mm-hmm, you know, right. tightly knit communities, right? Like I actually think that like, yeah. we could see a future where instead of it being there's this one tight knit community in Los Angeles, that there could be like six tight knit communities in Los Angeles that are like, you know, doing scrappy stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of mid-sized people here. There's a couple of big projects. There's there's scenes like this in like every major city in the U.S. and you, we see it popping up. Like Denver is having a scene. Like Houston's got a scene. Mm-hmm. Like these are these are you know Chicago feels like it's starting to stir, right? Mm-hmm. Which is which is really exciting. Like if Chicago wakes up to this, like the depth of their acting pool and their mm-hmm. their theatrical creativity could really explode. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's on our radar for sure. Yeah, um, there's there's and there's some of the some of the shows that have incubated here are like you know firing off into these mm-hmm. spaces. And same thing with New York. Shows that are incubating in New York are like firing off into these spaces. And that's when the real renaissance kicks off. Like we're we're still just in the mm-hmm. early stages. Yeah. Like the the hard thing always is this fight here and that because because we're sort of like along with New York, we're like, you know, first first on the ground, we're first to hit the snags and the problems. Right. right? Yeah. You know, someone was literally telling me the other day, like, you guys are like, these are great problems to be having. <laughs> like you guys are yeah. gonna be in such I'm a good glad you're dealing with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well and like and should be told like I don't get to it doesn't get to be as much of my day to day as as like I, I want it to be, which is actually which is sort of frustrating. Like I want to get my hands dirtier um but but the team luckily is, is staying keeping steam on it mm-hmm. and has been for months. So I'm I'm yeah. very proud I'm very proud of them for doing that. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah. You're right. It'd be it, it, it's 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 interesting. Yeah, we are in this early stage, and there's something very exciting about it. Um, it must not feel early to you though, because you've been at this for better part of a decade now. I know. It, well, it's funny. It still feels like it's early. Like we, you know, we in, two, in 2011, as I said, we there was. I didn't know what interactive theater was. It doesn't really exist very much. I don't know what I heard before that was Tamara. You know, here in LA, that was. I don't know why I'm laughing, but it's true. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't anything, and then, and then uh, in the city, I, and I kind of missed a little bit of those days because the city didn't really know how to deal with us. They just kind of like, they went along. Yeah. And to be honest, you know, we have good, we have a good relationship with LADBS and the fire department and all that. Kind of stuff, and we've always gone through the proper protocols, and thankfully they know us now, and um, we're able to. You know, work with them, and and they have a knowledge about the format of the play and what this is exactly. But they still have to work within the construct of the city's yeah. permitting and all that. So yeah. that it, it's that what, it, what you what you're trying to what you guys are trying to change. Yeah, um, that's going to be very helpful. And but, and when we when we sat down and met with them, you know, like it was clear to me that they weren't being obstructionist. They weren't like doing this just for the sake of like we don't like you. It was like our hands are tied, and we we. You know they don't want to get they don't want to take on a liability that that they that they shouldn't be taking on yeah. you know because it is I mean this is the thing it's not sexy it's not fun it's not exciting it's not talking about story it's not talking about the senses mm-hmm. you know but like we sit down now and we'll get conversations where we're talking with insurance people who are like we want to figure out how to code all this stuff and create like 
create like systems for you guys so that like when you walk into an insurance broker, like they know what it is you're doing because a lot of people they walk into an insurance broker and the insurance broker is like, I don't know, are you a hula troupe? Mm-hmm. Like literally, like are you hula right. dancers? We'll qualify you as hula dancers because yeah. there's things that are similar, and that's only so. Yeah, yeah. Tenable, <laughs> right? You know, it breaks down at a certain point. Right. I mean, this is the problem about being being first, but yeah. This is the new the new stuff without giving away. Yeah. Like what you're what you're working on. Oh, the new play? Uh, yeah, the new play. Well, yeah, again, I I've been bitten in the I've been bitten in the ass before, so I'm not going to say too much about it. Just as I said, we knocked on wood. You're still going still going through a leasing process right now. Mm. So, therefore, I can't no timelines. No timelines. Talk too much about yeah, it, then no. it's just gonna, you know. Right. But um, I will say that you scared the hell out of me. Every time I hear about like, oh, there's five months until the haunt season, I'm like, oh fuck. Um, well, we better get going because this this one this show I will just say is um, is we've always whenever we do delusion we, we you know we go big right we right. want to do a big thing, um, and make a splash and this one is like by far the biggest. In terms of like production design and uh, detail and um, s- you know s- set decoration, all that kind of stuff, and story uh, that that I've done so far, it's 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 really really ambitious, and um, so we need to we need to move. <laughs> what am I doing here? We gotta. <laughs> no. um, so we're trying to trying to make that happen, and it's um, I don't know how much we can. Really, well, don't, don't say, say but it's just it's it's just an ambitious project. It is. Um, and going to be, I mean, bigger in terms of story, bigger in terms of like, if it sounds like what you're telling me is that you're making something like a really dense cake. Because you, you, what we've pieced together so far is it's going to cost more. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be for fewer people at a time. Mm-hmm. But the story is going to be bigger and, the, and it sounds like it's, it's well, richer, right? Like it, you're working with like headier ingredients. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, want to be food metaphors be... deeply these days. So <laughs> yeah. no surprise. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do want to, I want to be careful about like, like, People who are the delusionals who have seen other plays and they love these stories, you know, I always, I'm always worried about somebody like a producer or director coming in like, this is bigger and it's better and it's bolder. Um, it's usually you go down in flames. I don't know if there's some sequel and stuff like that. But uh, when I say this, it's more, it's a very rich story like other stories that, that I've done in the past. Um, it's just to tell this type of story, it requires uh, it requires a lot more investment up front because mm. um, I'll just, I mean, I said it before, I'll, it's because it deals with time travel. So you are, you are moving through time. So I have to build, you know, different time pieces. Oh, wow. So, uh, and you'll be, you know, going through these, let's say, portals into different, like, there's the way that we have to envision how we're going to do that. Don't tell me anything more. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that, that was the perfect amount of information for my mind to start just racing yeah on. it's fun yeah. and that's and that's it's funny because uh, i will say I, I started writing this what was it july of 2017 oh. and i happened to have taken on what i think is like the hardest subject matter i mean time travel is just can be such a fucking beast when you think about it mm-hmm. and i got bogged down so much in like the technicalities of time travel and now i've gotten to a point thankfully of just sort of you could, you could take so much liberty with it. You're just like, fuck it. It doesn't matter. If, if some things don't make sense because the time-space continuum gives a shit. Like, I got I got wrapped up into the uh, the minutiae of time travel. And so I've kind of, as I've been writing the story, I've evolved into a different way of thinking about it. Whereas, like, it's not it's not about time travel. It's, it's about the story. It's just that time travel is just a mechanism. But 
Um, so it's evolving really well. And then I brought in a good friend of mine, Dave Brzezowski, to help write this one with me too. So it's great that we're able to like bounce ideas off each other. And but it's it's I love the story. It's um, it's incredibly epic and cinematic, and I look forward to shooting the feature of it. Like just just say that it's it's um, it's I, I I'm going to be sending before we you know release tickets. <clears throat> I'll be talking about I send out a newsletter um, talking specifically to the delusion fans, explaining because I I always think about myself as a fan of this show, like what what I want to see, and so I'm gonna write out a letter stating this is what we're planning on doing. We're planning to go down to eight people. Yeah. Uh, ticket prices are going to be significantly higher. I apologize, but that but what you're going to get out of that, you will see. This, yeah. You will see where this money goes. You will see the set design is is incredible. Um, so this will really be like you're inside of a a big budget epic film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I keep on. I mean, I always come back to the fine dining metaphor, right? And like, I think it's. I think in the long run, it's it's going to be best if we have like a nice range of experiences that go from like you know like. 10 bucks for like a 20 minute experience all the way up to, you know, like you know, 300, $400 things. Right. right? You know, when I've been um, getting close to that. Amount, yeah. So I'm just going to yeah. put that out there. <laughs> well, no, but there's like, I mean, I know I haven't gone. Um, it's funny. Like I was asked by someone to go, there's this thing called Newt Blanc here or Nui Blanc. I don't know how to pronounce it here in town. It's like a, still having like Juliet went Juliet Rila went and like I still haven't got her to actually explain what it is to me but she says it's definitely like in our in our realm and it's got a dining component to it but it's also like mm-hmm. upper end it's like really expensive I think like $400 would probably be like like under what the price actually is um it's not like that that $5,000 yeah, thing I remember you told I me did. about that one yeah I did that one and like and like that I don't think that one exists anymore uh, I could be wrong but like I know some people associated with it are no longer associated with it that's the main thing I know about it for everyone always asks um, and like even that one like that 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 I think like the 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 cost of that one. Some of that was a little bit of the like all like oh you know you know like we're gonna we're targeting like a certain tier of person. It's um, also one at a time and one and one yeah. at a time. But you know, but it was also I don't know. We've done a whole show. Something go listen to those if you're, you're curious about what that's about. But yeah, but um, I've been thinking a lot about fine dining mostly because I got really excited about the prospect of going to Major Domo which is the new restaurant from David Chen of uh, Momofuku mm. uh, and so it's his first LA restaurant I to my detriment of my health I eat out constantly mm-hmm. but I eat out of like Tender Greens and at Akasha right you know, like that's, you know yeah not Jumbos <laughs> Shh, don't give don't give that away okay. uh, <laughs> Maybe very close to me. I might eat at a Thai place near Jumbo's Club. But I don't eat at Jumbo's Club. I'm like, like Lada. Oh yeah, you live near the best need, Thai place ever. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, we and we lost the chef this year. So anyway, so but like, okay. food's important to me, and um, because it's, I'm a living being, right? You know, if I wasn't, then you then, are? then the well, it's the blood. The blood is the life. Yeah. Um, the it's um, delicious blood. Sorry. What? Sorry. Sorry. Go on. I just I had a vampire just come out of me. Oh. It's like no, it's delicious blood. <laughs> I can smell it. <laughs> this is the part. <laughs> He's dead. Blood, too. And we're back. And we're back. Where were you? Um, Sorry. Vampires, food. No, no, no. Uh, food. Oh, Momofuku, fine dining. Fine dining. Major Domo. So, like, you know, look, I don't think I've ever spent 
more than like 200 bucks going out to eat and that feels almost like insane to me not that i haven't done more but that i've ever spent that much going out to eat i think Mm -hmm. that was like taking a friend to like a really nice place for their birthday particularly because they were feeling down right and so that was very rewarding on that level even hurt the pocketbook I'm looking at Major Domo, having watched Ugly Delicious, mm. uh, and being like, and also knowing that there's some dish where they take like a big wheel of cheese, like rasselette, and then like heat the cheese off the wheel and like dump it onto short ribs at the table side. And I'm like, Jesus, I'll pay 150 bucks just to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's not about beef and cheese. Because if I just want beef and cheese, I'll, you know, go to Arby's, we'll go to Arby's right? Yeah. And that's what they specialize in. But it's, the experience. Yeah, exactly. Oh, the experience word. And and so that's the thing, right? Is that, you know, you're you're it if people are charging, you make it a good experience. I think some things we've seen in the past couple of years is we've seen people be you know, they've they've charged the price that it costs to break even, but they haven't put the work in to justify the price. Right. And it's such a hard thing because a short run means you're not gonna make your money back. Uh, if you invest a lot, a lot of time on on getting something baked to where it's it's justifying the price, right? But on the flip side, if you haven't if you haven't gone and justified the price, like you 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 haven't built your you haven't built your brand out, or you haven't made a piece that you can keep bringing back out, right? And right. that's it, it's it's hard. Like I wish somebody in the community was sitting on a pool of money and just you know dropping like fifteen thousand dollar grants to people and saying like mm-hmm. you know go explore your creativity for a while like that'd right. be awesome there are days when i think that the smart thing to do would be like find a crowdfunding platform or build a crowdfunding platform that let all of us throw in five bucks build a kitty and every couple of months be like we're gonna we're gonna pick five things and give a bunch of money to like creators based on some pitches and like mm-hmm. let them go let them take a couple of weeks off work to like help out you know bootstrap ourselves that way but but this stuff is going to cost but it's it, it can't all be the $200 shows it can't all be $125 right. but when you get folks working at a really really high level and it's like well what's the I'm going to go do the one big thing you know, mm-hmm. like that, that's where, that's where the price justifies if, if the work's been put in Yeah, and you put in the and work. We're, we're so. very, we're very conscious of like, uh, we, as I said before, we always think about, you know, what is the guest experience and what, is, you know, why, why are they charging this? Like I mm. even thinking about how the, the price that I would, the price that we're going to charge for this, which is, you know, at the end of the day, it's not, it's not that, it's not that much more, um, comparably, but you're getting so much out of it. You, you, all, I, all I could say is you'll see, you'll see, yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll see, you'll, <laughs> you'll see literally see yeah. where where this money's going. Yeah. Um, and uh, again, I think it's you know bringing the numbers down to eight is very important too. So it'll be a better experience as well too. Yeah. Instead of having to deal with two more you know bodies in there, so yeah. uh, that's exciting. So I'm I'm hoping that this you know that everything goes smooth. We'll see another knock on wood, and we're able to um, you know bring bring delusion back in a cool way. So this this will be sort of the the last, like, for for a little while in terms of live shows, this will be the last sort of original story. I've written six of them now, so this will be the last one for a while because we're going to end up part of the part of the um, the the uh, new 
goal is to bring back all the old shows because again nice. they only lasted for six weeks eight weeks sometimes and, yeah you know, only seven eight nine thousand people came to the show i'd a see lot, lot i'd see his crimson queen again i would love to see lies with it i'd i mean yeah. i didn't get to see all of them yeah like all, those so few people got to see him i mean exactly. good god so i'm like and, you know? and writing is the hardest part for these things so now we have six stories we can let this one run for who knows how long and then uh bring back the other ones in different cities like you said chicago is one we're looking at in new orleans and um, New, New York. Um, Going to do some location scouting while you're at Overlook then? You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, so, Sweet. yeah, bring back the old ones. And, yeah, the writing part of it is just, that's just, it's exciting, but it's also the most, easily the most stressful thing like, for me. Like, I just, I just want, I want to finish this one. I'm almost done with draft two and then just bring back the old ones. That's so, it. so here's, here's my prediction. It is 2018. In 2020, uh, you're going to be like my friend Michael Fisher, who every year says he won't do the Hollywood Fringe uh, and won't make a new show. Yeah, and every year, yeah. <laughs> but you, there That's will be. True. The, I said that in 2012, actually. Yeah. So like, like, but I think, but I, you'll, you'll get a few of them up and running. Like I know this by 2020, there'll be a couple of them up. I just feel yeah. it in my bones. Like, well, we'll say that. That's me. One big way that well, I appreciate that. <laughs> one, yeah. one big thing that I brought, and I brought in a new partner here. It's called the Great Company. And this is a guy named Carl, Carl, Choi. Carl Choi. Carl's fantastic. Carl and his team at The Great Company are some of the most spectacular people I've ever met in my life. They're the most genuinely wonderful people. And um, they are the perfect partners to bring on for this. So they are helping to bring about this show and also the previous shows. Nice. So that's, that's kind of... We, bringing them on is going to... You'll see a difference with them. Yeah. The you, did, you did Horror Rewind over at their space. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Carl's fantastic. That's right. like, um, and a big comic book nerd, which I did not know until yeah. we, we, we had a good That's talk. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had that. He sat with you and you guys were geeking out about something. We, he mentioned that. Yes, we tried to talk about immersive, and after about seven minutes, we found out we were both comic book nerds, and then we spent like, the next 50 minutes talking about comic books. That's it. <laughs> yeah, he latches on. He's oh, it's so funny. Yeah, it's, it's great. No. Um, well, that's. See, that, that may be the thing that excites me the most about all the stuff you're working on right now. And, like, I, I love the idea that the VR thing is going to expose people who've never had a chance to see the show to to the world that's in your head. And yeah. then they're going to hear, like, wait, this was a live show? How does that work? And then, you know, whether it's New Orleans or, or Chicago or Denver or somewhere, they're going to see that, oh, uh, that, that thing I saw in VR a year ago is, is, like, it's popping up here. Like, I should go check that out i wonder what this oh, live yeah. thing is and next thing you know boom like another more more delusionals that's, out in the world that's what we're trying to we're trying to get uh like to have a live show and then have also like the vr experience either there also or close by so people yeah. can come and see it on a separate ticket if you wanted to um to experience the vr the vr uh the, the vr experience so yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm very, I'm getting very giddy about the VR because we're, we're finally finishing it after a year. So now New Orleans, if anybody's, you know, it's April 19th, 20th, 21st at the Overlook Film Festival. It's a little plug. Get out there and get your tickets. Go to New Orleans. It's cheap, right? It's like, what, a $500 ticket and $300 <laughs> entry price. And then uh, it only costs you like a grand or so. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you're out in New Orleans and you're listening to No Pro, then uh, get out there. Or, or if you're real delusional, you will buy a ticket and come out and be one of the first people to see this. 
Yeah. Look at the silence there. Yeah. Um, I, this, 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 the silence is because I think, I think we're going to, I think we're, no, I think we're going to drop it like during Overlook, right? You know, it's like, is how, so like, but we'll, I'll make sure to tell everyone. Oh, okay. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, oh yeah. This isn't live. Yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Don't worry. We'll tell everybody like, you know, on the next one, like, oh, hey, you know, John's coming up and, you know, if you want to see the piece and we yeah. talk and listen to the interview and. Well, they'll have a chance to see it here. Again, we're going to bring it back here. Of course, we're going to bring it here. Yeah. So people have a chance to see it. And um, But Overlook's also great. Overlook's a great... Have you been? I haven't been. No, but I've But like, I've got a bunch of people who have, so... Yeah, I've been yeah. wanting to go. Landon's always invited me to come out there. I just haven't been able to, so... Yeah. It's great. Now we have a project to bring there. Yeah. And, just, and did you get to go see uh, In Another Room while it was here in town? Mm-hmm. They're remounting it. It's one of the signature things in the immersive set. Like, just talk to Landon uh, and and make sure that they can get you through that. You should yeah. you should watch that. That's the kids at E3W. Like, I want you to see that show. Oh, cool. I okay. want you because if nothing, yeah, I want you. I really want you to see that show. What are you trying to tell me? I Is just it, want you to see the show. You want me to see the show? Yeah, I think so. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. Okay. I like to repeat myself just to repeat myself. <laughs> I like to repeat myself just to repeat. No. You know what's uh, great <laughs> on a side note. <laughs> You know, I think both you and I are some of our two fav- two least favorite words, mm-hmm. probably immersive and experiential. <laughs> and like we should have done for the- and we haven't we haven't said that in this in this interview very much. We haven't said experiential. That was the first time. <laughs> and we haven't said immersive that much. And it's isn't it weird how like we've gotten to a point where that word almost I, I don't know, maybe it's, I don't know what it is, but I kind of cringe when I hear that word from now I, on. Maybe it's because so many like big budget studios oh. have taken on like experiential stuff and, yeah. uh, you know, make this more immersive. We want it to be like, you know, yeah. uh, these, you know, whatever it is. And I have, I was thinking we should take shots every time we say that. <laughs> that's what we should do. Every time one of us says that, we take a shot. That would, you know, that's, that's a very good mode. Like, I think actually we should have a super panel and we should have like, like maybe like 10 of us. And like you'd be on it, I think Darren, maybe we can get Michael Tar Garver out here, get Lauren Ludwig, uh, get one of the, a couple of kids from the Speakeasy Society, maybe yeah. one of the other kids from New York, and and a couple of bottles of whiskey, and everyone has to take a shot when someone says it, and like someone can't, but it can't be like the deliberate, like it has to be the accidental, like yeah, exactly. someone like for want of a better word they say it, and everyone oh, goes man. like, we're gonna be so careful. Boom. We're gonna have to, we're gonna have to have a thesaurus here, like on the table. <laughs> no, no thesaurus, cell phones down, yeah. just our wits against our wits against immersive. W a i, yeah, take a shot. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's the that's the funny thing is like, um, yeah. Oh, when things uh, get too things get too saturated, they get saturated. What I love is I love this explosion of of theater of the, of what's another word for immersive, uh, interactive. Uh, <laughs> I would say interactive is okay. I'm still okay with interactive theater, but uh, um, See, there's just, just this awesome explosion of, yeah. of of of. I just I, you know I just I mean I, I hate I hate that the words like used by everybody just like it's sriracha, but because there is something. <laughs> There's there, there's a there's a real value to it when it's used properly. That's funny. It's like the difference between back to the like food ingredient thing. It's like the difference between like you know beef and beef, right? Yeah. You know, you it's like all the time. Okay, I'm like the Hulk that I'm just way. Checking. You know, like my secret is I'm always hungry. Um, no, I had a bunch of sugar today. Is what the problem is. Um, but you're always like this. So. <laughs> <laughs> I always have sugars before interviews. Um, people should see me when I'm not sugared up. Uh, yeah. I hate the word, but I need the word. And we need it, right? Yeah, it's a beautiful word, and I mean, it's just yeah. I don't like I don't like when it's like debased. 
like just used, mm-hmm. you know, just, just well, if you're going to do it, you know, if you're going to do like, well, we, with delusion, we, you could say it's immersive theater. You could, but we, I like to say it's really just more like interactive theater. Like you are in our, yeah. you are immersed in this world. Of course you are, but like you are, you are in the live show. You are a, a a character inside of the story, so I think you it's have a good, to actually play your part. Which is like, yeah, so. I think it's a good. Uh, I think it's a really good distinction for delusion, right? Like, yeah, that's what, it, know, that's what it is. Yeah, because like not every show has that level of interaction. I mean, Sleeping More doesn't really have that level of inter- interaction. You yeah, know, they, what like, they do is great, and what they, yeah. there's they're more you know performance arts kind of. It's kind of the feeling that I get when I go there, and um, they do their. They do their thing really well. Yeah, and um, and you've got there, there's a there's I, I, the thing I'm glad we don't say is that it's not gamified, right? Like like delusion gamified theater. Bleh, like I would just I yeah I just put my head in a guillotine and like you know over and over again <laughs> uh, like a yeah. soft blunt guillotine just so I would like beat myself <laughs> to death with a guillotine, which just, is not the way you're supposed to do it. But nevertheless, if someone called it gamified theater, if anyone out there dares, like someone says it's a joke. You know, just don't let me serve you a drink is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, never say gamified theater in front of me. Um, <laughs> now I know. Shudder. Achilles heel. Shudder. Shudder. Well, no one would. That's the thing. You'd have to be deliberate. Like, you'd be hurting yourself <laughs> to say, call something gamified theater. I know. You know, that's pretty lame. Gamification. That works nicely dead. Hey, uh, yeah. we went into semantics. Um, and I should let you go build these things. No, no I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go drink heavily. No, I'm going to. Uh, I'm fine. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Let's go. I'm just staring at a porg right now on his table. Do you guys I know that there's a porg staring. At there's also look if you look at the window, there's a porg in the window too. Oh my god. There's also oh, a porg coffee mug. I'm collecting them now. I want Oh yeah, you have a Kylo Ren coffee mug? I do have a Kylo Ren coffee mug. The the helmet, the way it should be. Anyway. You're uh, sitting on a pile of money. So wait, that's no, you. I'm sitting on You could you so you're the one who could be no, you know, I'm financing. sitting on a Darth Vader pillow actually because okay. I'm sat in this chair too much and like the, the seat's gone bad. Um but I am that's, sitting That's why Darth Vader doesn't breathe very well. Oh hello. John. <laughs> All right. Oh we've we've hit we've hit the sillies. Um uh, John Braver. Yeah. Hey man, this, we finally did like a full. This is what a full episode was like. We've never because we only talked outside of delusion. Oh yeah, that's right. Ago. We did that. Yeah, yeah. We this did like first, half of one. Yeah. Now this, this is what it's like. This is great. I love it. We'll do it again. I hope so. Okay. Goodbye for now. End communication. Once again, I want to thank John Braver for being our guest on the show. You can find out what's up with Delusion right now over at interdelusion.com. That's how to do that. Hey, um, here we are on this part of the show. Um, there's, we talked about Overlook. Uh, I got kind of depressed. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, what, what else do you need to, oh, Oh yeah, this would have been good at the beginning of the show. Kind of, I kind of owe this at the beginning of the show, but it's it's a little too late now. Um, we did this fun thing uh, last, gosh, last weekend. Wow, really? Last week? Wait, no, that's impossible. No, it is impossible. We did it two weekends ago. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Um, I'm like, these weeks can't be this long. I mean, they kind of are, but they can't be. But they are. Um, Silent Play Experiment here in Los Angeles from the folks at the nonprofit Play. Uh, it is extended to a third weekend. Uh, it's down in downtown Los Angeles. 
and we just put up a review um, of the experience. This is a, this is a participatory experience, so uh, this is not an immersive theater piece. We're we're really interested right now. The royal we we are very interested right now in things that are participatory, um, things that are pushing the boundaries of art. Um, Things that are getting us back to basics, that that basic of connection between people creating moments of wonder. That's something that is just water to to a to a dehydrated man uh, in a desert. That's sort of how I'm feeling about these days. And uh, as you can tell from the piece I wrote, uh, this this one this one rang my bell. Uh, they have a special discount code right now. Immersive. Shocker. Um, it's always immersive. In fact, if I were you, I'd just plug immersive as a discount code into like anything you see and see what happens and then tell them I sent you. No, um, they do have they do have a discount code for $10 off the experience um, right now for this weekend's shows. Um, so there you go. Um, Check that out uh, if you're here in L.A. this weekend, April uh, 20th and 21st. Uh, the Magic Bus Experience is going on. Haven't talked a lot about that. Um, uh, it looks like they've built a big thing at the Reef um, that's celebrating 420. Um, it's not, it's, it's, it's not a, it's, for me, it's not a big thing. And for a lot of people, it's a big thing. It's, it's not a big thing for me. So like, I kind of haven't noticed it so much. Uh, looks like it's got a lot of fun selfie stuff. There's like a, you know, smoke maze and everything. Um, and I guess I, I guess it's cannabis friendly. I mean, I would, I would hope if you're doing that, check, check those things out. You'll find the links on everything immersive. Um, oh yeah. Like, so these days I'm, I'm like really busy with the other life. Um, and I'll pop into everything immersive. And I think people just know me as like the grumpy guy who comes in and says like, put it in a show thread. Um, you need to make a show thread out of this. Um, you know, for those who haven't been around, uh, in that group, uh, for a long time and you can go to everything immersive.com to lead to the Facebook group. And I know, I know we'll talk about Facebook some other time. Um, uh, people might understand why are these, these show threads? Why are you trying to like make Facebook into something that it is not an, an organized place for data? Why not just the stream of consciousness of when anyone posts about something? Well, Hollywood fringe is coming. Um, and I'll tell you right now, uh, if you want to be able to find anything in your area, particularly when, you got to recognize what's awesome about everything immersive is that there are people all over the world who look at that thing all over the world. That's amazing. It's really, really incredible. And just here in LA alone, we could destroy the utility of that group in about two weeks or the volume of information that's going to come through and opinions and reviews and posts and ads Four shows at the Hollywood Fringe. Don't make me show you what it is. And let's try to avoid getting moderated. Um, it is an unmoderated forum. That's why we do the show threads. The idea is each show gets one thread. One post that is about that show. And then everything goes on in the comments. The exceptions to the rule are... If the show has got a brand new edition, right? 
It's been a couple of months since it ran. It's going to a different city, something where there's a significant shift in the information, not an extension of the show, but a significant change. Then, by all means, if you're a creator, go ahead and make another run. If you are doing a piece and and like you take a bye week and then you come back suddenly, probably a good idea to use the original show to that because the other thing about it is we're, we encourage people to put the reviews there. And that was actually the big reason why we did this last year is we didn't want there to be 30 reviews of one show at the Hollywood Fringe sort of eating up all the bandwidth on um, the group when the group was only like two months old at that point. And that's how show threads uh, came into being. And they've served us pretty well. Um, and what you'll find is when people are talking about a show, even if it's been around, of course, the way the algorithm works is that if there are comments on something that bumps up and it starts going again, um, and then people can find it like the, the rich conversation that's going on. And sometimes they are indeed really good, some good stuff. So we've hacked Facebook and made it more useful than what it natively is. Good job team. Uh, let's keep that up. So how do you make sure that you're doing the right thing? Um, there's a little search bar on the left. Type in the name of the show. Look and see if there's a show thread for it in one of the search results and use that. That's all you got to do. Um, I know it's not how a lot of people use Facebook. Um, it's, it's not even how I normally use Facebook, but um, it helps. It helps a lot. All right, we're almost at uh, an hour and a half. Um, that was, you know, your utility belt minute. Um, there's just so much, so much going on in the world. Um, there's, there's stuff that I wish I could tell you right now. Um, rather exciting things. Um, you hate this part. I know you do, um, but it's true. There's, there's going to be some news coming here and there and everywhere. Um, some of it big, some of it small, some of it out of left field. Uh, just, uh, just prepare yourselves. Um, things can only get better. The sustaining backers for No Presidium week in and week out are Bradley Smith, Jan Budman, Lonnie Hansen, Arthur Tubman, Ari Herstand, and Ross Sigworth. The music for this episode and every episode is by Chris Porter of the Speakeasy Society. I'm Noah Nelson, and maker willing, until next time, I'll see you at the show. <laughs>